Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You are tuned into For a More Radio. The place where Jesus is Lord. God is supreme, and the Holy Spirit leads. Jesus is Lord, God is supreme, and the Holy Spirit leads. Praise the Lord. Blessings, everyone. I am Dr. Vanita Johnson, and you are tuned in to Life in the Word. Amen. I want to welcome all of our listeners and our silent listeners out there. Welcome, Elder Bernard Johnson. Amen. He said he is so excited about today's show. I said many uh, elders, so we appreciate you being a part in our chat room. Uh, so any, everyone that are silent listeners out there, we want you to come in. You can ask questions. You can communicate with our very special guest. Amen. So yes, invite someone in or send out to your friends, family, and coworkers so they can be a part of this message. So many uh, have been reaching out saying that they were excited to hear uh, today's podcast. Yes, and we just thank God for all that he's doing in the lives of our silent listeners and even our chat room listeners uh, that are in the chat room with us today. We have some amazing uh, women of God that is going to be speaking uh, on our podcast on today. And I tell you, even throughout this month, this is a health awareness month that we are observing doing this uh, next 30 days here, the next four weeks and this week as well. 
And our special guest, we have Dr. Monica Hinton, amen. And we have Elizabeth TV Ellison, amen. And she has a BS in psychology. So we have some, we call them in the military, SMEs, right? Those SMEs are the, uh, the those special uh, individuals that specialize in, they're the subject matter experts in that area. And that's what we're doing. We're bringing in some subject matter experts to educate you all, to inform you, bring an awareness to different areas. And then we even going to be talking on opioids uh, throughout these uh, next couple weeks and also your, your physical health and how to stay healthy, even in the midst of what is going on with the COVID-19, uh, Omicron, different uh, variants, and, and how to take care of your body. This this is a temple that God has created, amen, and we want to do all the things that we know to do to take care of our body and make sure that we're able to do the things he has called us to do, to walk in our ministry, to walk in our callings, amen. And there are just recommendations that's out there for you all that's available that you can make the choice yourself. Amen. That's what it's about. It's about you have your own choice. And because the Holy Spirit does not force us to do anything, God is not a dictator. He does not force, but he does align things up in our life to where we do have options and we have choices. And we pray by the Holy Spirit that we're making the best choices for ourselves, for our families, for our health. Amen. So we just want to give God praise on today as we do every day to acknowledge him and glorify him for giving us wisdom to give us knowledge, to understand the things that may be uh, a secret or that people want to be a secret and things that just um, that may be uh, not understood by us or not clear to us. But he will give us the uh, understanding and by going into the word of God, give us a greater understanding as well to the things that he wants for us. So as I said, this is a great day. And I tell you that so much is going on. We have been praying for those that have been uh, sick, not feeling well or uh, not feeling at their uh, at their best. But know that God is still God and God is still he's still on the throne. Yes, he is. Is that right? Elder, he's still on the throne. Amen. I tell you that he will continue to keep you when you seek after him and you search him. He is a keeper. And Psalms 91 is what we always uh, pray back to God. He that dwelleth in a secret place uh, of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And so with that being said, I just want us to just get right into our podcast for today. And even on the, uh, send it to someone um, to come in and they listen to and send it to them. Um, that they're going to benefit from, from this because we have some powerful uh, guests on today and it is how uh, addiction affects your spirit yeah, that's something to think about isn't it so when, when when I say that how addiction is so many addictions right um, probably remember about a year or so ago on the podcast I talked about the different types of addictions there are many types of addictions that people can experience in life and in different seasons of their life so often people think of the worst, you know, addiction, maybe drugs or alcohol, but then there's other addictions. There's shopping addictions. 
Am I right? There's shopping addictions. There, there is um, addictions, cleaning addictions. Uh, it's anything that that is consumed that consumes you. And, um, and some addictions are more stronger than the others. You know, but some really consume you to a uh, to a place to where you're unable to function of yourself, or even allow the Holy Spirit to uh, rule into areas that that uh, within yourself. Amen. That we will give him room to or, or give the Holy Spirit room to do. So that being said, amen. I just want to, once again, we are excited. A uh, lady in my job said so she's excited as well uh, to listen to, to, and she wants us to pray for her uh, children as well. So we're going to do that at the end of the podcast we're gonna so if you have prayer requests you can send those in you can text them or put it on our facebook page and we're going to be praying uh, at the end of our podcast so that being said let's introduce life in the word please help me to introduce and welcome our special loving kind beautiful guest uh the women of god i want you all to uh, give a warm welcome for dr monica hinton Amen. Welcome, Dr. Hinton. God bless you, woman of God. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I just want to make sure I'm doing this right. Can everybody hear me? Yes, ma'am. You're very clear. Thank you. Fabulous. Fabulous. So I am so excited that you invited Elizabeth and I to be a guest on your show and um, I'm going to let Elizabeth introduce herself and then we can Get going. Amen. Welcome. Also, Elizabeth TV Ellison, welcome to Life in the Word. Please uh, introduce yourself as well to our audience. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And thank you for allowing me to be here. I was truly honored when you invited us. And we look yes. forward to hopefully reaching out and helping somebody, anybody, even yes. if it's just one person. Yes. And and I, I I tell you right now, just uh, reading in you all's bio and and talking with you all, and we're gonna be in the future sharing the same space, uh, careers from home. But we're gonna tell them more about that later, um, and and, and preferably uh, more podcasting opportunities in the future as well. Um, but yes, let's start with Dr. Monica. If you can just give our audience some background about yourself, so they get to know a little bit about you as we go through uh, the message on today. Okay, so I do have a PhD in clinical psychology. I'm originally from Houston, Texas, now living in San Diego. And I've worked almost 30 years in mental health. And the last 10 years just about has been in addiction. And at first, I didn't think I would even like working in that area, but now I have to say I love it. So I just Mm -hmm. really love working with people. I currently here in San Diego, I am the chapter president of the Association of Black Psychologists. I'm on the board of the San Diego Psychological Association. I attend Door of Hope. Christian Church here in San Diego and um, just keep busy. I stay busy and look continuously looking for ways to help and uplift people in my community. Amen. You're having this exciting um, 
bio and just a exciting life in itself as far as what you're doing in the community, what you're doing uh, to help other people. You know, it, some people just when they think about those frontline workers, we did a podcast on uh, on the frontline, on a few frontline um, workers, those that are uh, either police officers or work in the hospitals. But I tell you that we all are on the front line. So I want to thank yeah. you for the work that you're doing and the dedication because it does take, uh, Dr. Monica, it does take dedication to continuously uh, go out to help others. Even when you're not intentionally in a place to help people, you may be at the grocery store, you may be at the gas station and mm-hmm. someone may um, begin to talk to you and your heart goes out because people are crying out all over uh, the world. They're, they really are. And we're going to get more into that. Now, Elizabeth TV, Ellison, welcome. We want you to please uh, introduce yourself and give a little background about yourself as well to our audience. Hi again. Yes, um, I actually, in line with what we're speaking to, grew up in addiction and uh, I have lost several family members and friends to uh, this ease. And as I've gone through my life, I uh, currently am in recovery myself. And over the years, decades, um, I've worked in several settings with the state and the California Network of Mental Health Clients, which led me to working with the federal government, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, and then where I met Dr. Monica, which I won't speak to too much because that'll spoil some of our show. <laughs> but also, too, um, I've done tons of work with veterans in the streets and off the streets and providing continuity of services in many, many areas. And um, I've done domestic violence work with several organizations and um, just, I love this field. I love helping. And um, uh, Elizabeth, we have found that those that do the work that you do and have experienced that and went through those things, uh, it really, uh, their heart is out for those that may be going through that. I've, I've gone through addictions before, uh, it, it, not drugs or alcohol addictions, but I've had addictions. That's why I say there are so many different types of addictions. And addiction is something that will consume or control uh, of an individual. And, and the work that you're doing to have a heart for others when you... Uh, encounter people no matter where they are and no matter where you are you may even uh we go out on the first actually the fifth yeah we go out on the first yeah first sundays of each month with another ministry uh pastor eugene folks and his beautiful wife sylvia folks and we feed the uh homeless we minister to them and then we feed them and i tell you that there's such a joy in just helping people god put us on this on this earth not just for ourselves and to as I always say, you know, people want to make as much money as they can so they can have nice cars and, and homes and things. But to be an intercessor as well um, is, is very powerful because intercessors intercede for people that, that are in need. And sometimes people don't really consider themselves as intercessors, but they are when they are uh, helping other people and, and they have a desire to see people grow, right? I know you both want people yeah. to grow yeah. and you want them to do better. Right. It's just in your heart. 
Amen. And my husband... Our goal is to make as much money as we can so that we can provide as much services as we can and to um, change the lack of continuity of services everywhere. I love that. Um, services. You said the word services that, that, you know, that spoke to me. I am a servant. Yes. A joyful servant. Joyful. Another key word, joyful servant. Elder um, Bernard says that he loves cooking for the homeless. He, uh, that's my husband. He's part of cooking for the uh, homeless when we do go out there. But um, that, that's very powerful. Uh, Dr. Monica, in, in the services that you do, I'm sure that you run across uh, people that may not really realize that they're in the situation that they are until they start talking it through. Uh, I'm a veteran, uh, served in the Army for 21 years, and I've seen um, psychologists, uh, psychologists myself, you know, when we come back from deployments, it's mandatory that we go see a psychologist. And uh, because of PTSD and, and those things that uh, soldiers experience. So I do commend you all for the service you're doing. And I do want to applaud you for the work you're doing and even working with veterans and to just be the vessel, um, here because, um, on the earth, the vessel, wherever God is sending you all around the world to do and to speak, because what you're saying and what you, what we're going to be talking about doing this podcast We'll go into the airways all around the world where people will maybe driving in their car, listening to this podcast and your podcast that you have as well. Uh, and that's coming, listening to what you're saying in a car. I just believe that it, it could change their situation. Uh, Dr. Monica, you mm-hmm. want to make comments in reference to the work? I, I do agree with that. Uh, the people that I have worked with, at all levels. I've worked with homeless people myself, people with who are struggling with really severe mental illnesses, worked in locked facilities. And you're right, sometimes people really don't realize what they're going through until they have an opportunity to be heard. Because most oftentimes people just aren't heard. They're talking, they're saying something, but they're not necessarily heard. And so once given that opportunity just to really open up and tell their story and someone is sitting and listening and caring about them and caring about their health, their success, then they start believing that it's possible. One of the first things that, and Elizabeth knows this, one of the first things that you want to do is create a sense of hope. Mm -hmm. and connection and allow people the space to feel the emotions that they have tried not to feel or they have numbed with whatever addiction that they're facing. Like you said, with the shopping and video games and Mm -hmm. and, uh, sex. And just a lot of various things that people actually go through and and have to deal with. And it's all in a way of just avoiding and feeling numb and not not allowing yourself to face and deal with the emotions that you're experiencing. You're absolutely right. Um, You want to add to that, um, Elizabeth? 
Well, let me ask you this. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. You know, uh, the thing is, uh, to piggyback and thank you, uh, Monica. Um, we call ourselves two sisters by choice um, because of where we met and um, didn't at first think that we would get so close and now here we are just we're doing this work because we found out that though we came from two different directions for two different reasons that our way that we got through what we've gotten through in life and identified those things that we didn't even know we needed to know. If you don't know the question to ask because you can't identify what to explain, it is very, very helpful to have someone who has paved the road ahead of you and to be able to find your way to the end of where you're trying to get to. And one of the things I love to tell the homeless when I'm out there is that if they would allow me permission, because I helped uh, create a nonprofit where we got some of the homeless veteran women and their children off the streets. And I've always said veteran and homeless should not be in the same sentence, much less with their babies. But once given purpose, you give hope. And once given hope, you deliver is seemingly hopeless to having commitment to a vision that is theirs again. And that's why a lot of people lose sight. And once you lose that hope, it's hard to pick your head up out of depression. And so once we get them back to a sense of where they wanted to be in the beginning, I've actually had homeless people stand up, pick up their stuff, walk away, and then they came back later on because they knew where they could find me helping other people a year or two later and tell me that it was what I said and they went and started doing what they needed to do. I've had people who were getting ready to commit suicide turn around with hope and joy on their face and walk out the door and go about doing for others because they all of a sudden remembered that that's what they lost the vision of, of themselves. And you know, why is this important? It's because if you have a vision, a vision creates commitment. A commitment creates action, and an action creates. And when we are creative beings under the creation of God, he gave us that ability. And when we're not creating, we're not living in him, and our soul starts to get very, very dark. And so it's important to bring it into the light. Yes, that is very powerful. Um, Keyword you said vision cre- um, 
creates commitment. Say what? Say it again. Vision creates commitment. Vision creates commitment. Commitment creates action. Action yes. creates. It's one of my quotes. Yes, I love that. That's that's very encouraging uh, as well. Dr. Monica, how does someone even allow themselves to um, become addicted? How does that even uh, start in the life of someone? Well, that is very difficult to answer, but then it's easy to answer. People, you have to think of, is it stress that creates the addiction or is it it's the addiction that creates the stress? So let's, let's ponder that for a minute. Okay. Because we do things to alleviate the stress, right? And so that could be the shopping, that could be the overeating, that could be uh, the overcleaning, that could be whatever yes. that behavior is, and, and including the chemicals, the alcohol and, and other drugs. So if you start doing that and doing that over and over and over, after a time, you start experiencing stress when you're not doing it. So then that's how people end up in this cycle. Um, oftentimes folks want to say, how did they let themselves get to that point? Well, I don't think people are letting themselves. I think it's, it's, at times it's a pretty unconscious behavior and action because our bodies start becoming accustomed to doing this activity or to doing this behavior. And then when that starts happening, your body creates what's called a dependence. And then from a dependence, this means you have to do it all the time. Because if you don't do it, then you're not, you, your body will feel as though it's not functioning. And our, our basic part of our brain is to keep us alive. And so when you find yourself in a place of becoming addicted, you will start thinking, or your brain, because again, it's unconscious, your brain sort of makes the decision where you have to do this thing to survive. Because if you don't do this thing, you're not surviving. You're, you're kind of going to die if this thing doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And it gets that serious. So there's this compulsion to always do that behavior. So whether it's drinking alcohol or smoking marijuana or using any other drug or shopping or playing video games, your your brain gets to the point where it has to have it in order to function. Just like we have to have water in order to function. And, And that's how that addiction happens. So... And then it becomes a terrible cycle. Mm. You know, it's very interesting. Mm. You're saying that your body have to have it. I hear people say, like, I have to have Starbucks coffee. You know, those things. And it starts with little things as well. Uh, like I said in the beginning. And also, I want to welcome Minister Amethyst and also Dr. Lori, uh, the CEO of Four More Radio. I welcome you all. This is a very powerful topic. And I want to thank you all for coming into the chat room with Elder Bernard as well, uh, because this topic is is something that we must be aware of and we must even be able to be observant of what type of addictions someone around us, our spouse, our children, 
even even okay. some behavior changes within ourselves that we don't even notice, but other people may notice, but don't say anything. So you, you right. said some very powerful um, words there to bring that awareness to us. Right. So you just really, it, it's important to really pay attention to pay, like you said, pay attention to your changes. So let's, let's use coffee for an example. Everybody drinks coffee. Um, I, I admitted, admittedly so, I am addicted to caffeine. I will admit that. <laughs> That's my um, So first you start off with a small cup and then your body gets accustomed to that small cup and it creates what's called tolerance. So your body will get accustomed to that one small cup and then it says, hmm, a little more would be okay because now it's not giving you the same sort of buzz or, or energy or excitement that the small cup did. And so you go to another few more ounces and again, your body starts to get tolerance and then you go up a little more and go up a little more before you know it you're drinking two 16 ounces of right. caffeine and starbucks in a day now thankfully i'm not there but <laughs> <laughs> um it, it is it is a true addiction and when you stop you start having headaches and you feel uncomfortable and then that is what withdrawal feels like. Hmm. And withdrawal is uncomfortable. It hurts. You get headaches and body aches. Again, depending on what the addiction is, they're all different. The real important thing, though, is to consider that some withdrawals are lethal. And so you hmm. definitely want to have management healthcare management over you uh, in some way so withdrawing for from something like alcohol or drugs like benzodiazepines could be lethal so you definitely want to have medical management yeah but other withdrawal from other things though like i said it's, it's just painful and uncomfortable but it's possible to get through it and and that's sort of what happens with our bodies when we when we first experience tolerance and then when we go through that withdrawal. Mm -hmm. So Elizabeth, how is a person affected um, by their addiction? I, I, I know that it, it can come very subtle in, in our lives uh, before we know it. And you hear, I know you all have heard people say in our audience as well, um, Minister Amethyst said that, yes, it is, you know, it could be all type of addictions. And she said that people are struggling with all types of addictions and awareness is key. So I want to ask you, Elizabeth, to address how a person uh, that's affected by uh, how they're how they are affected by their addiction, because some people say, oh, why they just don't stop? Why you can't just why why you can't just stop doing that? You know? Uh, and it's not that easy. So can you expound on that, please? Oh, I would love to, and thank you, Dr. Monica. That was great. Um, you know, the word let and, and the word just, when you're speaking to someone who is experiencing addictive behaviors and they 
don't understand why they keep doing the very thing they say they're not going to do again is very harmful, actually. Um, it, it can cause, or even a homeless person, why don't you just, you know, get a job? Well, if somebody could just mm-hmm. do what they needed to do to not do what they don't want to be doing, they wouldn't be doing it. So what a lot happens is it is a biopsychosocial effect of the human being. So what that means is biologically, psychologically, and socially, a blend of things have occurred. Um, And so what we're dealing with is, and a lot of people have seen this, where they have done experiments to try to understand this condition, where they would give a animal, the test subject, uh, opportunity to do something that was uh, satisfying as a reward to a different behavior. And even though that reward, when coupled with repeated um, choice of doing it like Dr. Monica was saying, you know, you, you, you build up, your body builds up to a tolerance either emotionally you know, so like when you ride a roller coaster, right? Mm-hmm. You go and you usually start out as a little kid and it's the smaller roller coaster or it's your first time. Well, you go back to that roller coaster over and over again. It's not as exciting anymore. So you go mm-hmm. to the bigger roller coaster. Yeah. And the bigger roller coaster. And that's why theme parks are in competition with each other to build the bigger, better one. Wow. Wow. And so the same, yeah, the same thing happens. Like I use an example, and a lot of times it's associative. So say you have a bowl of strawberries, and you pick one out of the bowl, and you bite it, and it's like the best strawberry you've ever, ever had. And you you eat another one, and it just melts in your mouth, and the taste is like, oh, my word. So you run in the other room and you give some to your friends and they're like, oh my God, this is amazing. And they're sitting there and you all are watching football or something and everyone's having daiquiris or something. They go, let's put the strawberries in the daiquiris, which made them taste better. Mm-hmm. And you got to reckon it up because now you got a little more excitement, a little more joy. Well, people tend to chase that feeling and that mm-hmm. mood. We chase, you know, we chase after what felt good, and if it doesn't feel as good the next time, you're gonna start searching for it, and mm-hmm. sometimes you'll search for it to a detriment, and so yeah. that's the difference between use, misuse, abuse, um, building a dependence, and then you have your tolerance, and then you have to worry about withdrawing. Yes, I want to reiterate really quick. There's many things that you shouldn't try to withdraw from on your own because you can, it can be fatal. Yes. Mm-hmm. We, we yeah. have seen that. And I just want to add um, in our brain, we have the limbic system. And within that limbic system, there is a neurotransmitter called dopamine. Dopamine is the neurotransmitter that controls our joy and happiness. So, for example, like we talked about just delicious strawberry or riding the roller coaster or even coffee those things 
and create joy and reward. And so dopamine is flooded in your brain. And so when you are participating in something that you enjoy, most people enjoy shopping, most people enjoy a glass of wine, most people enjoy these things, but when you repeatedly do it over and over and over again and repeatedly give you that reward, another thing that it does is that it sets off something called your hedonic set point. And in everybody's brain, we have what's called a hedonic set point. And that pretty much tells you your your joy meter. So it tells you, okay, you've hit your max joy, so it's time to bring yourself down. Well, if we use the roller coaster example, so you ride this one roller coaster, and after a while, it's not any fun. So you move up to the bigger one, move up to the bigger one, move up to the one now. It's flipping you upside down and going under a tunnel and all over the place. And you're like, woohoo, this is it. Uh-huh. Because you're chasing that. So now this hedonic set point has to raise in order for you to get that same level of joy and pleasure. And so that's why when some people are no longer doing their addiction, initially they fall into a place of feeling numb and emotionless because now they have to reset that hedonic set point. And it's really important for people to do things, other things, alternative things, that they equally enjoy to reset that. So it's almost like you're re teaching your brain how to enjoy everyday life events and everyday life activities. Because once that addictive brain and that hedonic set point is way too high, it's it's really, really difficult to just enjoy everyday life. If you don't mind, Dr. Monica and Dr. Benita, um, I'd like to also help share with everyone that that hedonic set point can also occur when you go through something traumatic and you keep reliving that experience and that's why people like when i finally uh got myself out of the lifestyle that um my my life ended up in um where i was in and out of recovery I had gotten so used to trauma trauma, that that was my comfort level. And so I even, you know, and people ended up telling me, you know, you've become a drama queen. So I had become addicted when in my quiet times Mm. to having chaos to get me through the quiet times. Mm. So you can also get addicted to things like that. So (laughs) there's negative causes and effects that can be replaced I had to replace them. I had to mindfully with other people who could help tell me when I was doing these things. And that's why getting at least a coach or a therapist or someone to help you uh, with oversight who gets to know you or already knows you to point out to you, hey, you know, do you realize you're doing such and such again? Oh, God. I mean, I gave even my kids permission. Hey, would you please tell mom? Or We had little signals and stuff. And, um, yes. you know, we made it a positive thing between us because it upset them when they saw their mom like that. And um, 
So, you know, that's another point. You know, it's not just, and, and as a matter of fact, one of the things I want to speak to is I've actually seen some, uh, uh, and I meant to look it up, I so apologize, but there's incidents of people uh, admitting that they are becoming addicted to anger. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And they're lashing out. And in the closed isolation of um, this uh, quarantining with the pandemic, they're admitting that they've actually spanked kids when they never had spanked them before or hit them. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying they had never done it before. Or like the slightest frustration and they're snapping at people and they were never someone who would snap at people. And... um, I actually a talk show host that was interviewing a doctor admitted that, um, which I wonder if that maybe helped people. And that's the other thing that we'd like to get to with you all. And Monica, if you want to lead into this, is the um, the fact that uh, not judging each other. Yes. 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 Most definitely. When you're going through the recovery component of addiction, we have a tendency to judge ourselves and heavily judge others. And addiction can rob the person of their spirit, of who they are, their feeling of worthiness, their feelings of hope. And it's extremely important to have self-compassion and to have forgiveness even for yourself. That doesn't mean that you're self-centered. It means that you are allowing yourself to open up and see the changes that you want to make. And not the changes you think other people want you to make, but the changes that you yourself are choosing to improve and to look at all parts of your life and all areas of your life and see where little areas where you can say, you know, oh, I can fix this over here. I can change that over there and I can make these adjustments to move myself away from this addiction and and be self-compassionate, be compassionate and patient with others who are going through this. Because remember, the brain at this point has made the decision that this addiction is a priority. 
And if mm-hmm. you're not getting that priority, you feel like you're going to die. Yeah. That's what a craving feels like. The yeah. cravings feel like you're dying. Mm-hmm. And so you, it's important to just give yourself a break. Let yourself be okay with making a mistake. You don't have to judge yourself. And, and that's extremely important because it has, without that, you know, God gives us compassion, right? Yes. We, we make mistakes constantly. Yes. And God continues to give us mercy and compassion. So why wouldn't we do that for ourselves? Why wouldn't we do that for our family members? Yes. So I think that's really something to consider because people are really quick to judge something that they may perceive as a character flaw, but it's not. It's addiction is a disease. It is. And and it can happen to any one of us and then, and especially to those who have had addiction in their families. And, you know, Elizabeth mentioned that she experienced that. Well, I did too. My father was an addict. And part of the reason why I avoided working in this field was because I still held some anger towards him. And then I once I was able to release that anger and forgive him, then I was able to start working with people who were struggling with addiction. And turns out I really love it because mm-hmm. it's so rewarding to see people create and live the life that they want to create and live. Not what I think they should be doing, but what mm-hmm. they want to do. Yes, that is really good. We got Elder Bernard. He, he said that, um, Dr. Um, how do you help someone turn their life around when they feel like they're going down a road of nowhere? Either one can mm. answer. Mm. I, I, you know what? I'm going to defer this to Elizabeth. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, actually, first of all, um, we want to make sure that everyone understands that um, the purpose for us coming and doing this presentation and discussion, we want to remind you that it's to bring the awareness to the truth of how simple the using of substances or participating of behaviors and activities can become addictions. Um, what maybe used to be a part of your normal daily activities, um, like just watching shows with your kids or anything, um, all of a sudden, you know, especially when you're at home and you're being told you can't leave your home, you know, eating, um, gaming, uh, all that, all of a sudden just starts taking over on you. And without adjusting the behavior, everything, um, things become detrimental, disruptive, or harmful. And, you know, once you realize you're there, okay, so we were speaking about the amygdala, the the brain part, the part of our brain that tells us fight, flight, you know, everyone's freeze, um, how to preserve yourself. Well, it also will tend to go to shame, blame, and guilt. So... 
I want to speak to that before I speak about how to get out of, because until you take what you're doing and bring it into the light and in scripture and everywhere, uh, people are speaking about bringing in out of the darkness into the light that which needs to be revealed. So finding a place to become honest and I have to say that it was both my mother and my baby sister who are now in heaven um, because they couldn't get completely honest with themselves while seeking recovery from what for them became a seemingly or a hopeless situation to the point where their bodies were unrestorable when they finally realized, hey, I better stop. So. Yes, it's really important to understand that there are ways. And one of the ways is first to be honest with yourself. Yes. And it wasn't, it wasn't until I was completely honest with myself that, hey, if I was raised by a mother, a grandmother, and a grandfather who participated in addiction to the point of death, then obviously I didn't even know what I needed to know to ask because I'd already been in and out of recovery a couple of times when these three life-changing situations happened in my life. But I had to admit that when my mom passed away like that, that I didn't know everything I needed to know. And so I started going out and searching for people who would teach me, okay, what I needed to know. So. Yeah. I mentioned that I came in and out of recovery. It's because I wasn't completely willing mm-hmm. to do what I needed to do to stop. There yes. were some things I didn't want to admit to myself that I actually was doing. Mm. So honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness, and then acceptance. Mm-hmm. With, with, with love and, and compassion from people who are going to lift you up not give you handouts but hand ups because i did have to learn how to do it for myself and you know people say it wasn't until i decided to stay clean no matter what for my kids that i stayed clean because everyone kept telling me you know you're doing it wrong but i didn't have enough uh, wherewithal and self-esteem. I didn't even know I needed to work on my self-esteem because I've always been very gregarious and outspoken and things come easy for me and I can meet, you can ask Dr. Monica, you can't take me anywhere because I'm going to be helping everyone and talking to anyone. And um, so I didn't think I had a self-esteem problem. But a lot of times we don't even know what we need to know. And so that's why it's really helpful, especially if you want to speed your recovery from whatever you're doing, to reach out to people who have been there before, who aren't going to judge you and who are going to lift you up. And if you're Christian, the Word of God, there's plenty of uh, Christian um, uh, recovery programs that have been tried and true and work really well. As a matter of fact, AA and NA, or AA comes from the work of a Dr. Bob with the Oxford group, you can Google that, but still at the same time, I needed other outside help other than just AA and NA. And 
fortunately, I accepted that because I was a diehard uh, AAers for a while. I did AANA, my A, your A. <laughs> and yes. they're great. They're great. But I needed sources from many different directions. And so I finally, um, even though my first meeting was 1980, I. I now have, and will be coming up on 29 years in May, and that's because my vision has commitment and my commitment to the action of not picking up anything that is mood or mind-altering substance other than chocolate or strawberries, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> et cetera, um, and, and good behaviors. Um, as you know, I'm pretty committed and addicted to getting this business going, so that's I'm turning what would have been a negative into a positive and that's where we come in we help you because we have over 60 years experience combined in what works and how to get you there and how to meet you where you're at and um how to help source you into the different directions to get what you need that you still have a lifeline with us and and or whoever you find. I tell people, even with my essential oils, you know, if you don't get them from me, get them somewhere. I use yes. essential oils to help me with my depression. Yes, yes. I've heard of people using different um, uh, vapors um, to help with, with those type of things. Um, how does the addiction affect the brain? And that that's what I've been uh, just kind of like throughout this week, knowing we were coming into this podcast, which is powerful. I mean, I wish we can continue we, well we are going to continue we're going to go into clubhouse uh so we're going to go into clubhouse and continue the conversation after this but how does addiction affects the brain the body and in the uh inability to make some choices because when you talk about the addiction that's kind of what you were where you what you all have been speaking about is that it, it kind of controls you and you just want to continue with it um but how does that control our mind body and inability uh, to do certain things that we may want to do that it even uh, uh, it takes us out of touch with reality at times. Right. Monica, they've heard enough from me, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I will take this one. So, yes, it goes back to the limbic system. So we have actually three levels of our brain, and I'm going to just say it in, in very much layman terms. Okay. So we have the lizard brain, the monkey brain, and the human brain. So the lizard brain is where addiction really kind of occurs, because the lizard brain, its only job is to keep you alive. Every 15 seconds, it's assessing, do I want to eat? Do I want to sleep? Do I want, do I need to protect myself? Do I need, is it time for procreation? That's all it does. Oh. It, it does nothing else. Okay. It, it, that's it. And so <laughs> when, and there's the, so then the reward part of that taps into our monkey brain because we do things and it feels good and you're like, oh, I'm going to do it again. You do things and it feels good and you're I'm going to do it again. And then from there, we have our human brain and that's where our executive functioning works. So that's when you decide you want to buy shoes, heels as opposed to sneakers, or you want to Starbucks as opposed to Peaks. So that's that executive functioning. And so what happens is in your 
limbic system because that's kind of where it starts and that's part of that really, really early, early stage brain. Um, dopamine is released when you enjoy something. And then when you enjoy it and it satisfies you, so that's serotonin. And then so the dopamine's released, it feels really good, the serotonin's released, and now you're satisfied. And so that information goes up to your frontal cortex. So it goes up to the front of your brain. And that area of your brain, there is a neurotransmitter called glutamate. And glutamate helps with memory. So whatever you were doing to create that joy and satiation, your glutamate remembers it and says, oh, okay, well, that's what's going to provide me some joy. And that's what will provide me to help me be satisfied. So I'm going to remember to do this again. Yeah. So you start doing it again. And then you do it again. And then you do it again. And Mm. then after you do, then we go to the tolerance of it because the same amount of doing it again isn't pleasing. So now you have to step it up. So instead of buying one pair of shoes, you got two. Yeah. Or instead of having eight ounces of coffee, you move up to ten. Or whatever whatever the addiction might be. Instead of one glass of wine, you have to have two. And earlier Elizabeth was talking about how things are associated because certain people, places and things are associated. Uh, I always tell this story about when I first moved to San Diego. And um, another another uh, uh, quiet secret addiction I have is Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so when I moved here to San Diego, there was not a Krispy Kreme donuts. And um, and I my both of my parents were deceased. I moved here by myself. I didn't have any. I was just beginning to make friends. And so I was going through this period of being lonely. And Krispy Kreme had just opened up here in San Diego. And so I was laying in bed. And um, my favorite cartoon also is Scooby-Doo. So (laughs) Scooby-Doo came on TV. And I was like, oh, I remember when I was little we would watch Scooby-Doo and Mama would go get us donuts or make us pancakes. And then all of a sudden, Krispy Kreme popped into my brain. So I run up to Krispy Kreme, get me a few donuts, come back. I'm satiated. I'm happy. I'm blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Next Saturday, I'll do it again. And next Saturday, I'll do it again. Before I know it, I'm buying two dozen of donuts on a Saturday morning. And Yes. And when I realized, at that point, I realized, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? So the association I had made in this unconscious association, because I didn't clearly know and think that I was doing this, but the unconscious association to sweet breakfast and Scooby-Doo was love. Yes. So I was trying to fulfill love. Yes. And when I realized that, Mm -hmm. I said, no, this is not good. So 
I decided, you know what, Saturday morning, I'm just going to go start taking a walk. And then when I come back from my walk, I'll just call my family and friends from Houston and have a chat and and feel the love that way. Rather than trying to fulfill my love in eating copious amounts of donuts, which would do nothing but make me fat and sick and have diabetes and lots of problems. And so... Um, and, and that's what happens, too, with people when they're in, in their addictions. They then start having financial problems. Right. Because imagine if I was spending all my money on Krispy Kreme donuts and not paying my bill. Right. <laughs> and, right. You know, and so you, you there's financial struggle. Then there's, for some people, they have run-ins with the law depending on what the addiction is. For some people, then they start having disruption in their family and and, in their relationships. Because remember, we already talked about how unconsciously whatever that addiction is makes the decision, I'm more important than eating. I'm more important than intimacy. I'm more important than breathing. So I need to come first. Mm. And so when the addiction is first, then that means you're do everything you do is now for that addiction and yeah. everything else is secondary. And so then that's what happens. And then as a result, people end up um, having health problems, having um, financial problems, interpersonal problems, even legal problems. It, it, it just takes you down, spirals you down. And then... Back to um, the Reverend's question, when someone feels themselves getting low, how do you pull themselves out? That's kind of what what Elizabeth was saying. You have to bring it into the light. And once I brought what I was doing into the light and openly voiced it, I was able to make a change. And I was able to see, okay, this is what I'm doing. It's not healthy. It's not going to benefit me. So I need to do something different. And and that's how that works. Because you can't really tell somebody what to do. You you almost have to sh- sort of show it to them. And then they can kind of make the decisions about what it is I need to do that's going to benefit me. And it is in line with who I am. Wow. But it's, and, and it's getting people there. So to answer the doctor's question, really, it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a learned um, to help people accomplish that. Um, it, it really helps to watch someone else work with someone. It is easily teachable. As you know, if you have a heart and soul to want to help people, uh, if you work alongside other people who are doing it, and that's one of the trainings that Dr. Monica and I offer. Um, it, it, like I can help teach someone overcome um, stuttering because I use the same tools that I use with everything else in a five-minute conversation over the phone. Yes. Yes. So what are some of the resources, uh, Elizabeth, that that you all offer or that's out there? Uh, Well, like I was saying earlier, you know, um, for the people who have no ability to, well, you know what? You can call your local AA, NA, Al-Anon, 
like if you're a person, because we also want to speak for the people who are living with someone who's going through stuff, what yes. they can do. Yes. So they can call their local NAAA, NARNON, um, whatever, and they will provide huge resources. Also, there's a uh, 211. If you dial 211 from anywhere in the United States, uh, it'll connect you to your closest social service resources. That's mm-hmm. one of the things I helped get people involved in uh, when I was doing what I was doing when I was working with my communities um, is to get as many people who are providing services to call in. So if somebody's hearing about this for the first time and you provide services, call your local 211 and get your name on the list because that's a part of creating the continuity of services for people and have we can't have too many. Um and then you can call your local mental health service associations. And you can just now we have Google where you can just type in, how do I get help for? Okay. And or you can get a hold of us and we can also help guide you because it, it's such a huge long list. I'm associated with so many people like uh, the DBSA, which is the Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance, um, the Sandy, or the, uh, uh, what do you call it? Oh, I just, uh, the um, Family Justice Centers in your location, if it's domestic violence presenting, um, there's, it, it, the parent, and the reason I don't want to just hand out resources because it somewhat depends I don't want people to get frustrated because if they are seeking help for alcoholism and they call the NA hotline and they get the wrong person on the phone, they might be get someone trying to say things from they don't need to hear. If you call the domestic violence line hotline and that's not your need, they may just say, oh, I don't know how to help you. And sometimes that one time that they reach out, is the only time they might reach out. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is so true. What services that you all do offer? All of them. All of those services. How can they reach? How can our audience uh, reach out to you and, and be able to connect? Well, for right now, they can either call me at six one nine seven five zero six one three four. Or I encourage you to email because then you can give me the more information. And it's two, the number two, sisters, S-I-S-T-E-R-Z, by choice, at gmail.com. And then we also created our website today so that still needs a little bit of tooling but it's for you to choose.com okay that is really um great to know that there's resources out there even uh what you have available for our listeners those that may be me listening that know someone that um, may have an addiction or even yourself um because yeah. only way we can get help is to reach out is to admit it yep. and there's a a book called the life recovery workbook it's a biblical guide yes. of 12 steps. I've taught this many times in um, 
Oh, wow. It's a great book it's to like teach. <laughs> that is good to know. It's, it's a 12-step program, and it's on the biblical uh, side. And the first, uh, the first step says, we admitted that we were powerless over our problems and that our lives had become unmanageable. See, if you never admit, you'll never make it to step two. Am I right? <laughs> this has been... There's, there's also Living Free Ministries, which is really a really good one. I've taught that one as well. It's called Living Free Ministries? Yes. Okay. I'm going to make sure I get and all this then, information in our chat room as well. Celebrate Recovery. Celebrate Recovery. There's Rational Recovery. That's a, you know, if you don't want to do the AANA thing, uh, though I have to say a lot of people go there and then come back over to the AA and NA or um, ministries and say uh, rationally if I could have done it I would have done it <laughs> yeah and one, one other is called smart recovery smart recovery yeah smart recovery they this, they've been around about 20 years now um, it actually started here in San Diego um, what I have normally told patients that I've worked with in the past you, you need to go to AA. I recommend, not need to, but I recommend AA or NA to get that connection with people because that's what helps you stay sober and, and clean is that creating connection with people and creating a strong yeah. support system. And then, and we, real quick though, Monica, especially for the people who aren't comfortable still going around other people, there's tons of meetings online. Yes. And, and, and then real quick before you go on, um, for veterans, some friends of mine, and back when I was working with the um, vet found group there with Mental Health Services America in San Diego, created some of the young veterans that came out created courage to call and it's a helpline that you can call 24 7 and it's manned by veterans helping veterans um and the phone number is 858-636-3604 and it nothing gets reported to your higher ups or anyone else within the military system and that was the whole purpose for that. Because I was telling, me and these young men were telling them, how do you expect us to get these people to use the services yeah. if they end up being reported back to their, you know, command? Yes. Right. I, I fully, uh, you know, understand that uh, being part of the uh, military uh, myself and having to mm -hmm. come back from Iraq and only time you can get your services is during the daytime and you have to let your superior know unlike the civilian world but you have to let your superior know in the military where you're going uh if you're going to see a doctor and they you know sometimes it's embarrassing and uh, many times military personnel don't want those to know that they 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 are looked at as a sign of weakness unfortunately yeah. and um and it's just unfortunate that it's that way 
And uh, before we go, and I'm going to put in more information, uh, reference on how to reach you all. And could you tell us what's coming up? Share with um, the world and share with our silent listeners and our uh, chat room listeners how, um, what you all have coming up in the future. Hmm. You want to go, Monica? I've spoken up quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we definitely have our television show, um, Careers. Well, that's the channel. So the channel is Careers from Home. So if you have Fire TV or even Roku, you can download the app, and we have a show on there called Home is Where the Biz Is. And it is an exploration of people who are working from home and or people who are making the transition from working in an office to working from home and starting their own businesses. Another way to find the show is to go online and type in Careers from Home TV, all one word, and that will lead you to it as well, and you can see the episodes as well. As well. We also will be starting our own podcast as well as our separate podcast. So my podcast <laughs> is all the dimensions of you. Elizabeth is for you to choose. And then we'll have ours that we do together. Additionally, we have a YouTube channel that we're building out and working on. And so a lot of our interviews we will also air on YouTube. So that's how and where people can find us and then of course we're both on instagram so you can definitely dm the two of us my instagram is dr moni d and um and elizabeth what is yours i can't remember (laughs) well actually i'm going to create a separate one for the public okay Um, yeah because and i'll be just as silly in there as well um (laughs) and then uh, you can also, I'm designing and developing, um, I'm learning um, the uh, YouTube, so the two sisters with the third S as E, by choice, is, we'll, I'll be putting a lot of our free stuff there as well. And so if you get a hold of this, if you get a hold of me through the email, um, two sisters by choice, um, at gmail.com we will give you for listening just say um, let's see what should our word be uh, we love Dr. Benita's show <laughs> yes yes and, and, and we'll give you a free copy of our um, choose to improve all the dimensions of you workbook mini e-workbook and if you really need, I'll even mail it to you. So if you're listening to us and you're somewhere and where you can't print out, you don't have the money or anything, you just let us know. Amen. Blessings. I tell you, this has been exciting. We can go on and on, but we are going to go into the clubhouse and continue this conversation. And this has been so informative. I'm going to just pray. Right now, for those that may be experiencing any type of addiction, uh, it doesn't matter what it is. I'm going to pray with you all right now and uh, just come in agreement with me. Let's let's pray on one accord. See, we 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 stay on the wall. We will not come off the wall at no at no cost. We will come off the wall. So, Father, we thank you. 
We give you the glory, oh God. We pray right now for anyone under the sound of my voice that may have any type of addiction in their life. We thank you for the women of God that has come forth to share knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, oh God, that brings us right into you, into your presence, oh Father, into what the word of God says. So we thank you right now that there is no hurt, harm, or danger will come upon us, oh God, as we seek after you, as you reveal, Lord God, what is going on within our minds within our body, within our uh, uh, our health, oh God. Just show us your way right now, God. Send them, Lord God, to you. Send them closer to you. Send them someone their way, oh God, that will minister to them, that will pray with them, oh God. Release your angels right now to release any type of taste of alcohol, addiction, any type of drugs, oh God, within them, in, in their mind, oh God, sex addictions in the name of Jesus. Any addition that controls their body and their mind and their thoughts, oh God, that will try to override itself over the Holy Spirit. So we give you all the praise. We thank you, Lord God, for deliverance. We thank you for the healing of the mind and the body, oh God. We thank you that we operate according to what your word says. So unto you, oh God, we give you the praise. And those, oh God, that are listening, Father, we thank you for their testimony that will come forth from what they have heard that has come forth on tonight doing this podcast so we lift you up and we thank you and we give you the praise we are encouraged we have been emboldened and empowered by the word of god by your strength just to know that it is all about you in jesus name amen and amen amen i give you all i tell you you all were very powerful very inspiring and we thank you for being the guest on life in the word and i tell you as we go into uh the clubhouse i want to just thank our listeners i want to thank you let you know that we love you that we are praying for you all those that are silent listeners all around the world, those in our chat room, I thank you for being part of Life in the Word. I know that God will do a mighty thing through you. God is going to take what you've received on today and you're going to help someone somewhere down the road, someone even in your own home, someone in your family, a co-worker to always be observant. And ask God, and I ask God right now, say, God, show them, reveal to them, give them the sermon to be able to be aware of any type of addiction that someone may have or themselves, ourselves that may have, that may end up uh, hurting us down the road or even in our life today. So once again, I want to thank you, Dr. Monica. I want to thank you, Elizabeth uh, TV Ellison, for being a part of Life in the Word. I look forward to being on this television show with you all as well, Careers from Home. I have a television show that will be launching very soon called Business Goals. I will be speaking to the masses about setting goals and priorities. And uh, thank you for, once again, being a part of life in the word. And I pray that God will continue to bless you all and bring overflow into your life that all that you're doing from your heart, that God honors that and God will make room for your gifts. And I thank God for your podcast. that's going to be coming as well, that you will uh, stay encouraged and stay faithful and keep God in front of you. So once again, thank you all for being our special guest. We love you. And Until next time, stay in the word, be encouraged. God loves you and so do I. Join us next week and we're going to have continued over these next three weeks, powerful uh, women of God that is going to come forth and share on the Health Awareness Month. 
here at Life in the Word. So see you next week at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time for a more radio. God bless you, Dr. Lori, the CEO. We bless you. We love you, Minister Amistad and uh, Elder Bernard and all the listeners out there. We love you and we will see you all on next week. God bless you.